right, well, I personally love summer, so I love this. It's the best. Okay, have you ever had, like, this thing where you're, like, I, they call it, like, associated memories. So, like, if you, like, smell a certain smell, you're, like, ah, that's grandma's house. Or you, like, taste a certain food, and you're, like, ah, that's grandma's house. You know, like, there's, like, associated memories or whatever. Okay, so I feel like I have an associated memory. Maybe this sounds lame, but, like, with warm weather, I'm, like, oh, my goodness, the softball field. Because I played softball for 10 years of my life. So when it's warm weather, I'm, like, imagining, like, the sound of, like, a ball hitting the bat or, like, the freshly cut grass or whatever, you know? And it's just, like, the best. And so it's, like, an associated memory. Does anybody play baseball or softball in here? No. All right, well, whatever. Anyways, so I played softball for 10 years of my life, guys. I don't play anymore. I sometimes miss it a lot. So when it gets warm outside, I'm like, man, I wish that I could be out on the softball field. But I pitched. I was a pitcher for 10 years of my life. And so my right arm was a lot stronger than my left arm all the time because I'd pitch. And so I'd go from practice to pitching lessons. And then I would just pitch and pitch and pitch. And basically my dad would be there, who's in the back. Hi, Dad. He's back there. So he would catch for me. (laughs) And then the pitching instructor would just, like, coach me all the time. So I'd just be like, one after the other, and pitching, pitching all the time, and so I, like, got really used to just being at pitching lessons, and then, but I had to remember to myself, I had to be like, okay, I can't just pitch a game, like, it can't just be me, no matter how much I practice pitching over and over, I can't play a game by myself, because imagine, okay, just imagine for a second, you're watching a major league baseball game, okay, your favorite team, the Angels, you're watching the Angels, and you're like, (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, man, this is great. And the pitcher, he's the only one out there. And you're like, man, this guy's going to be, this is not going to work. This is going to be terrible. This is awful. And so he's the only one out there. So there's the left field open, right field open, shortstop open. Nobody else is out there besides him. And the batter comes up and hits it. And the pitcher, poor pitcher, he has to run all by himself to get the ball and, like, get the person out. Do you think he would get the person out? No. I doubt it. Maybe. And if he did, if he did, that would be a miracle. Maybe if he's the Flash. But then he, he would be so exhausted. And then by, like, the first inning, he would be, like, so tired. He, he'd be like, I can't do this by myself. This is awful. This is so terrible. Okay, so imagine what if, okay, maybe you're like, I don't play sports. I don't really understand. What if you're, like, a violinist in an orchestra? Yeah, you play violin. And you're like, okay, you can play by yourself. Oh, it sounds so beautiful. This is great. Hot cross runs, you know, do-do-do. And then... But how much more beautiful does it sound when there's, like, a whole big orchestra and it just sounds so much better? Hot, co- hot Cross Buns is, like, an orchestra, and it's awesome. Or what if you're, like, singing up here? I mean, they sounded so awesome, right? But imagine if we didn't have Jack on the drums and we just had, let's say we just had a singer by themselves. They would still sound beautiful, don't get me wrong. They'd sound great. But... We need the drums, we need the guitar player, we need the keyboards, because it all sounds so beautiful. We need every little piece, right? Imagine if you tried to do it all on your own, if you were a pitcher in the game. You'd be so tired to do it all alone. You couldn't do it. And I think, well, I know this is true for other parts of life, too. Because what if you're, like, serving in the church and you try to do it all on your own? For me, what if I was preaching up here and I was singing and I was running the slides? I'd be like, hold on, guys, I have a slide. And I'd have to run back there and, like, 
press the slides or what if I got milk dumped on my head and then I had to like preach or, you know, like there's all this stuff. You can't do it by yourself, right? As much as we want to try, we can't do it by ourselves. And we have this great message about Jesus that he came and he died for our sins and he loved us so much. We have this great message about Jesus, but we can't, we need other people to help us. We each have unique gifts and talents, and that helps spread the beautiful news of Jesus, right? We each do. And so there's a story in the Bible that talks about all about basically the, the early leaders of the church. They were building the church, and they figured out that they couldn't do it on their own. They needed other people as well. So we're in this series called Constructionism, right? And we're talking about the church and how the church was built and all of the different aspects of the church. Now, I want to clarify something. When we're talking about the church, we're not just talking about, like, Mariner's Church, which is great, and this is awesome that we get to be here, but we're talking about the church all around the world. Some people call it the capital C church, which basically means everybody around the world that believes in Jesus, which is awesome. So if you've ever gone on like a missions trip down to Rojo Gomez and people are praising Jesus, it's so awesome. We get to be a part of the church with them. Or if you go to another country and they're also praising Jesus and that's awesome, we're a part of the same church as them. We're all spreading the news of Jesus. So it's a big church that we're talking about, not just mariners. So in this story, we're going to talk about these, these leaders who realize that they need other people as well and that we each play a unique role. So grab a Bible, grab a note paper. I haven't said this in a while, but <laughs> my favorite line is that note takers, note takers are history makers. That's what I always say. People make fun of me for saying that, but I don't really care. So we're going to turn to Acts, okay? The book of Acts, it's Acts 6. Verses 1 through 7. I haven't actually found it in my Bible yet, so I'm going to turn with you. Acts 6, verses 1 through 7. So, in this, we're going we're gonna to do a little bit of background. Basically, you guys might have known this, maybe you didn't, but Jesus had these 12 apostles, right? And so, he has these 12 apostles, and they follow him, and they're awesome. And then when Jesus dies and he raises from the dead, these 12 apostles then go about the land and they start preaching the good news of Jesus. They're like, everybody, get this. Jesus, this guy, Jesus, he came and he loved us so much and he died for our sins. He is the savior of the world. And so they were preaching it everywhere, okay? So as we pick up in this, just imagine that, okay? So all of these 12, they're preaching the good news of Jesus everywhere. Okay, so it says, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, or Stephan, I don't really know. A man, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorius, Nicanor, Timon, per, Timon, okay, Permenus, and Nicholas of Antioch. I'm clearly very bad at pronouncing names. An earlier convert to the Jewish faith. 
So these seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So, this is super important. So, God's message continued to spread. The numbers of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Okay, so, hold up. This is a long passage, right? So we need to break this up and explain this because this is a little bit confusing. So, Basically, what was going on is that we had these 12 apostles, right? And they're teaching the word of God, and they're doing awesome things, and people are coming to them, and they're saying, listen, listen, stuff is going on. There's a lot of drama going on. People who need food aren't getting food, and people who don't need food are getting the food that these people need. And so this is just all this drama is going on, and they come to the 12, and they're saying this, and they're like, okay, um, well, we're like super busy. I don't know if we can handle this right now. Like, we're teaching, we're, like, preaching the word of God, like, we have all of these people that are, like, following us, like, we can't really handle this right now, this is too much going on, so they, they meet together, and they say, we're going to appoint, which basically means we're going to give these seven men this responsibility of dealing with the food distribution, and so they meet together, and they gather these seven men, and they lay their hands on them and pray for them, now, I think this is a really beautiful point, And I love this part. They lay their hands on them and pray for them. Because I think when we appoint people or when we tell people, hey, I think you should, like, you have this gift and you have this talent. You should use this to serve. Leaders should feel supported and loved. So these leaders in this moment, they felt really supported and loved because the main leaders were praying over them and saying, hey, you have this gift and you're going to go serve and do this. So they pray for them. So then, these seven go, and they do the food distribution, and because of this, the message of God spread rapidly, because people then did their part, and they were serving, and they said, these are my unique gifts, and I'm going to use this, and these are your unique gifts, and you're going to use that, and so we're going to tell people about Jesus in the way that we tell people about Jesus uniquely, and the message of Jesus spread rapidly. How beautiful is that, right? So, this is super crazy. So, we have that point saying leaders should feel supported and loved. We see that when they pray over them. And then they learned, these these 12, they learned this really important lesson. They learned that they could not do it on their own. They learned that even though they wanted to spread the news of Jesus, they couldn't do it on their own, and they needed other people. Now, you're probably like, okay, cool. But this has, like, significant meaning for us too because we each play a unique part in the church remember I was talking about the church being the global church of everybody praising Jesus you and me or you and me (laughs) we each play a unique role in spreading the news of Jesus how beautiful is that we each play a part And for me, this reminds me of this verse in 1 Corinthians. Maybe you know this verse, but it talks about the human body. And it says, the human body, I don't know if we have a slide coming up. It's 1 Corinthians. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. 
how strange would a body be if it only had one part? Can you imagine if your body was just one big giant ear and you're just walking around? That would be pretty earwaxy, right? Pretty nasty. Or if you were just big one giant nose, that'd be a little stanky, like a little crazy, right? And so what, imagine if your body was just one big part. But instead, you have all of these different little unique parts, right? You have all of these little eyelashes, and they all play a unique part. And in the same way, Jesus says, you play a unique part in the church. If we were all really good singers, that wouldn't really make sense. We need people who are good at the computer and can be on the tech team. We need people who can speak the word of God. We need people who can greet people out there. We need every single little piece of the church. We need every unique gift. So we each play a different part in bringing the message of Jesus. Maybe you're really good at guitar, but you don't really like singing in front of people. That's cool because you play a unique part. We need you in the band, right? That makes a beautiful, beautiful melody. The guitar with the singer. Or maybe you're really super good at computers, but you don't really like talking in front of people. The beautiful thing is, is God has given you that unique talent of working with computers, and he's like, you can use this to glorify me and to worship me. Because guess what? I am terrible at computers. And I had to send what I wanted on those things to someone else to put them in this computer because I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. And so I needed those people who are so good at tech who can be like, oh, yeah, you listen, this is how you do it. So then I can just show it to you guys, and it pops up. Like, that's amazing. I could not have that without the amazing tech people. We each have unique gifts. But what if we each had the mentality that we had to be the preacher or we had to be the singer? We had to do everything on our own. It would be kind of like that pitcher in the game, right? Who would be like, I have to pitch and I have to get the person out and I have to run and I have to do all of this. They would be exhausted afterwards, right? What if I had the mentality that I had to preach, I had to sing, I had to welcome, I had to tech team, I had to do all of that? It would be impossible, right? We each need one, one another. And there's a lot of different things that can keep us from serving with each other and realizing that every one of us has a gift. There are a lot of different things. Sometimes maybe it can be about comparison or pride or jealousy, we all have these different things that can keep us from serving with each other. For me, when I was in JHM and in HSM, I sang on the worship team. And I was like, all right, I really want to do this. I can, I can do this. Here we go. And so I started singing in JHM, and then I moved up to HSM, and I started singing there as well. And I, so I just realized, though, that there were other people who were a lot better than me and so I found myself constantly comparing myself and being like, yeah, but she has a way better voice than me, so of course, like, they're going to schedule her. Why would, like, when, once I was finally up there, I'd be like, why, like, I'm not as good as her, why am I up here? And then it stopped me from serving and being like, Jesus, I'm worshiping you. Like, that's why I'm up here. It stopped me from doing that, right, because I was constantly comparing myself, and I was envious of what they had versus what I had, and I was not using that to the full capacity. I wasn't saying, hey, Jesus, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to worship you. Instead, I was comparing myself, and that was keeping me from serving with those other girls, right? They played a unique part, and I played a unique part, and when I was comparing myself, I was, 
I was taking that away from serving with them. So we each have these different things. Maybe it's pride. Maybe you feel like you can do it all on your own, and you think, I can do it by myself. I don't need these people around me. Or maybe it's comparison. You feel like you will never be as good as them, so you might as well not even try. Why would I serve with them? They're so much better than I am, right? Or maybe it's envy. You want what they have, so you just try and be them rather than yourself. You say, yeah, but I want to be the singer. I don't want to be on the tech team. And then you just give up and you say, I'm not going to serve anyways. Or maybe I'll just try to be the singer. But God's like, I've given you this unique passion of computers, and I want you to use that. Or maybe it's anger. Because people that you have served with before have hurt you, and you can't imagine serving with other people again. And so it's anger instead. You're like, why would I serve with these people? They hurt me before. Or maybe it's self-doubt. Maybe you just don't even know what your talents are or your passions are. So you just sit back and watch. You say, well, that's cool that you're saying that, but I'm not good at singing. I'm not good at computers. I'm not good at these things. And you're like, I don't even know what my talents and passions are. That's okay, too. Because when you, but when you step into serving and you say, Lord, I don't really know what I'm good at, but I just want to serve you, and I want to recognize that they have passions and they have talents, and I want to affirm that in them, but Jesus, will you give me my talent and passion and spark that in me? That's okay, too. But there's a bunch of different things that can keep us from serving. I'm going to invite the band back up here as we go back into response. So we have this over here, this whiteboard. I'm going to get off the stage and do this. And all over here, we have different Post-it notes. So we just went through all of these different things that are keeping you from serving, right? And so we, on here, we have self-doubt, comparison, envy, pride, anger, all of these different things that can be keeping you from serving with one another. And then over here, we have other Post-it notes, blank ones, that you can write, yeah, but I have the passion of speaking, or I have the passion of singing, or I have the passion of being on the tech team and being computers, or maybe it's something that I haven't even mentioned, and you're like, Elissa, I really have a heart for the homeless, and I want to help serve them because I see that they're starving, and I want to help that. Maybe you have this passion that I haven't even talked about, and that's awesome, but what is it that's keeping you from serving? with another person, right? So for me, I told you guys that I dealt with comparison. So I'm going to find it up here. Here's one, comparison. I found myself constantly comparing to other people, and I was saying, yeah, but she's so much better than I am, or he's so much better than I am. I mean, he might as well just get up there and speak. I don't need to speak. Like, it's okay. And so I find myself comparing myself to other people, and that's keeping me from serving with them. So I'm going to, instead, I'm going to take off comparison, because that's not true. You can do whatever you'd like with it, rip it up, tear it apart. That is not true. Instead, what is true is that I have a passion. I'm going to write this as quickly as possible. Passion for speaking God's truth. So I'm going to write that instead. And I'm going to replace that on the board. I'm going to say, yeah, but this is true. That is true instead. And so what the beautiful part about all of this is, 
is that when you guys are finished, instead of all of this that's keeping us from serving with one another, instead you're going to see each other's unique gifts and talents and passions. And it's going to be this beautiful picture of what the church is. It's one another serving together with our unique talents and passions all together to build a beautiful picture of the church and bringing the message of Jesus. So I want you guys to go ahead and close your eyes for just a minute. And I want you to think about what that is that's keeping you from serving with one another. Are you saying, God, they have so much more gifts than I do? Or are you saying, God, I can do this by myself. I don't need other people. What is it that's keeping you from serving with others? I want you to think about that. And then instead, imagine yourself just handing that over to Jesus and being like, God, that's not true. But what is true is that you've given me the passion of speaking your truth. Or God, what is true is that you've given me the voice to sing and proclaim your prayers. Or God, what is true is that you've given me a passion and a heart for those who are hurting and those who are sick and those who don't have food. God, you've given me that passion instead. Lord, what is it? God, I want to serve your church all around the world. God, we need you in this moment, God. Would you remind us that it is not us and it is not the other person around us, but instead it is you. You've, you've, you've given each one of us unique gifts and talents and passions, Lord, that can be used to serve you, God. So would we remember that right now? Would we remember that you've created us uniquely? can go ahead and respond. Oh, and also, when you're done, there's also little orange tickets that you can take, and they have the big idea of this weekend, so make sure you grab one of those as well.